Welcome to Rob and Ted's Excellent Adventures. I'm your host, Teddy, and my co-host is Robert Buffa. I'm here. You are here. Um, I hope y'all like that intro. That intro. Um, that was a 30-30 Marlin lever action. Yes. Um, great gun, fire gun, best lever action we own. So, yeah, Rob, how, how are you doing? Better than I deserve. Um, Better than you deserve. Wow. Yeah. I've been watching too much Dave Ramsey lately. But oh, okay. I see. That's, that's what he says. I see. Yeah. Um, no, I remember that from like all the yeah all the stuff you used to watch on the way to church and stuff. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, Ted, tell us what happened Thursday. How's your day Thursday? Oh, day Thursday. Couldn't have been better. Um, we got, I got done with work. Well, actually at work, I dropped a 50 pound dumbbell in my chest. So that was really painful. Um, but, um, give me some love. Cause I'm still like a little, I, words aren't doing, you might actually need to help me out with okay. some words. So, because I've been forgetting the random, I, I forgot the word independent, um, mm-hmm. three days after 4th of July. So, you might just need to help me out. But Thursday, um, I was going to that dance thing, which is a uh, dancing class, you know, like any normal homeschooled person would do on a Thursday night. Um, I was taking a back road that was kind of windy. Um, I always go 50 on that back road, even though the speed limit is 40, because uh, I've I've decided I'm going to change my ways. You're but I'm a speed demon, you know, 10 over. Um, I've never had a problem going 10 over on that road. Even that the exact curve that something went wrong, I have never had a problem with like going 50 on that curve. Um, but you know, the, it had just rained and the roads were wet, but I didn't think they were wet. They looked completely dry. So I'm driving in my truck 50 miles per hour. Um, all of a sudden I'm going around this turn and it doesn't really seem like I'm going around the turn. So I turn a little harder and then I lose control and then I go into a ditch, uh, still going 50 miles per hour, but I go out of the ditch and I'm flying through the air for a little bit and I land head first into a hickory tree. Um, that was what, probably a foot, a foot and a half wide, um, completely stopped my truck and completely stopped me. So yeah, after that. Um, I, I didn't get knocked out or anything miraculous, miraculous, miraculous that, um, I, I didn't get knocked out. I tried to open my door, but it was locked. So I tried to unlock it. It wouldn't unlock. So I go over to the other door. Um, I unlock it, but it is a little squished. Um, so I have to pull the door handle and kick it open as one does, um, fall into the ground, start trying to get some air into my lungs. Um, as a lady's coming out and then another dude who was on the road coming the opposite direction was like, Hey dude, you okay? So I try to get up as fast as possible because I don't want to look like I've just been in a, uh, serious car wreck. Um, I walk over the guy. He's like, Hey, I'm calling the police right now. And so I was like, all right, you do that. I'm going to go find my phone to call my parents. 
So I run back to my phone, my car. Um, I try to find my phone, but it's it's not going too hot. Um, I but I don't really feel anything like wrong with me. Like I'm I, I was literally climbing through my car like sideways and like just trying to squeeze into spots and I didn't literally I literally didn't feel any like pain anywhere except I I had a seat belt sign is what they call it um so that was a little steamy but whatever state trooper got there he he was like hey is this your car and I was like yes sir and he was like wow if you were in any smaller of a car you would be dead and I was like that's nice to know he was like how fast were you going 50 so you know the speed limit's 40 right and I was like yes sir so he tells me to do some stuff above all find my phone call my dad so that we can get a couple things settled out or however that whatever you usually say there if you're not um on drugs um and so uh I'm running back in to try to find my phone I got cussed out by a dude whose mailbox I absolutely clapped um think it was like in three pieces it's like one piece down by the base um his mailbox is like kind of bent and then there's like another piece somewhere but yeah his his mailbox has seen better days um the lady whose yard i was a lot i was parked in at the time um her she was out trying to offer me water Um, So I took the water, didn't drink it. I actually pulled an energy drink out from my truck and just started chugging that baby. Um, That's what you're supposed to do after a car accident. Well, yeah, I needed to start. I needed to like really get on this line game that I was perfectly fine because I didn't want to get have mom receive a call from me from the ER. So I really had to like sell it that I'm fine and that nothing just happened. But did, but you didn't even know like, okay, besides a rash, which, you know, yeah after about after about 10 minutes i knew my collarbone was like probably broken yeah because it just it didn't feel it didn't hurt but it felt a certain way that i knew like okay bones are not how they're supposed to be there um so i find my phone um before that i call my dad one time on uh a nice lady's landline it didn't, he didn't pick up twice on another lady's phone. She, he didn't pick up. And then I called him once on my phone. He didn't pick up. He was on a work call and he usually doesn't get calls for me like saying, Hey, I almost died. So he, no harm, but, um, he just didn't pick up. So I called my mom. She picked up and, uh, I basically tried to make it sound like it was as not a big deal as possible while well, not lying. Um, because I didn't want her to be worried. So I was like, yeah, so, you know, you know, that road behind her house. She's like, yeah, yeah. So I was driving down at like one of those to TDT and lost a little bit of traction. Um, and now I'm crashed on the side of the road. And he, and I was like, if you could find out and put him on the state trooper would love to talk to him. And so, um, the state trooper was like, I could talk to your mom too. So it's like, actually, he's fine talking to you. And so mom gets on the phone with him. She's like, is he okay? Is my son all right? And that's not what my mom sounds like. But um, is my, is my, oh, is my son all right? And state trooper's like, yeah, he's fine. He's just a little banged up. Um, we just need to get his truck out of the yard is basically the biggest thing. 
so there was no tree mentioned at this point mom thought i was just like in someone's yard a little like lost control pulled off the road which i can tell you if that happened i would have just gone and got the lady's phone number and be like i'll be back to mow you on and then just driven off but um so my mom mom comes i've cracked open a cold one being an energy drink um and i'm just kind of talking with people making sure that no one's dead or hurt kind of i don't know i don't even know what i was doing at this point um but mom gets there uh i talked to the in between my call with my mom and the my mom being there and my dad being there uh fire department shows up fire department guy walks up to me he's like hi my name is i don't remember it and i'm like hi my name's teddy i shake his hand like an absolute non-wrecked person that has any injuries um he's like how you feeling i'm and i said i'm feeling fine i don't think i have any injuries uh maybe i and then i was like actually i'm pretty sure i broke my collarbone but other than that like i can barely feel it there's so much adrenaline he's like all right we're gonna get the emts to check you out yada 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 so we walk over the emt shows up uh he doesn't even get out of the car i'm just talking to the dude who's in the passenger seat in the window he's like how you feeling i'm like i actually feel completely fine um i don't think i think somehow i got out of the sunscape he's like cool state trooper calls me over and by the time i look back at the uh state at the emts they're gone fire department's gone so i'm like cool not getting my mom's not gonna get another call from the hospital we're chilling, you know, um, this is going pretty good so far. Um, so mom and dad get there. We just get the truck pulled out and then, uh, it's off to the hospital. Um, I really started to feel like injuries and stuff. Once I got into the van to go to the hospital, like that's like exactly when the adrenaline wore off. And so that's when I was like, okay, Definitely have a broken collarbone. My chest feels weird. It might have just been shocked, whatever. Um, and my, my wrist was sprained. I knew that, but I didn't really think it was broken or anything. And then I had like seatbelt um, rashes. But we went to the hospital. Um, they checked me out, got a few x-rays. They came back to us while they were giving me some pretty cool painkillers. You know, I have I can officially say I've tried fentanyl um it's pretty wacky um but they said hey your collarbone's bruised and i was like um okay and they said your um oh shoot i keep forgetting the word this is one of the words sternum, sternum. my sternum is fractured also um and my lungs are a little bruised wrist is sprained but whatever um so i'm like okay cool and then once he leaves, because um, they need to transfer me to a bigger hospital for the lungs, just to make sure, like, it's not like I punctured a lung or whatever. My lungs are uh, collapsing or anything. Um, so they need to do that. But I tell my mom, I was like, I really don't think my uh, collarbone is just um, bruised. It really doesn't feel bruised with how like much it hurts when I move it. So, um, I'm at this point, pain is just rising and rising. So I asked for more pain medicine. They give me more, um, fentanyl. I go to the bathroom and come back. And in the time that it takes to do that, my brain registers 
like those things happening and like three hours had passed. So I was pretty, I was pretty drugged off. I was pretty wasted, but, um, we basically get into this ambulance, go into VCO at like, what time was it? It was around 11. 11 yeah. yeah. 11. Um, and basically the three dudes in the ambulance, um, there's three dudes, one's checking vitals and stuff. One's chilling. And one dude is talking to me. Um, he's, he's, he's a big hunter guy, a uh, big white tail guy. Um, and he's a little bit bigger of a fisher when he can. Um, so I don't think I remember his name though, but super cool dude. His worst injury in case anyone was wondering, um, was he's broken his collarbone a couple times. Um, the dude behind me, his worst injury, cause I asked him all the worst injuries. Um, his worst injuries was he tore his ACL and the other CL that's MCL. around there. Huh? MCL. MCL. So he tore his MCL in high school playing football and his ACL in college playing football. He went to like a college that I've never heard of though. So I didn't, I don't even know if I'm the like NCAA. I don't know if you're in the NCAA, it would be whether it's D1 or D2 or D3. Yeah. So, um, I've heard of it. It's probably D2 or D3. Yeah. Um, so that's his worst injury. And the other dude, he got a couple broken ribs in high school football. So, um, just because everyone's curious about that. Those aren't that bad. Well, so the ACL and MCL. Well, technically really my bad. injuries aren't really that bad, except the lung whole thing. But yeah, I'm um, just saying for them, like, except the ACL and MCL, but they're super bad. Yeah, they're pretty. And I mean, two of them played football. Like, that's pretty good for just playing. It's like pretty good for playing football. Well, ACL and MCL is significant. That takes like almost a year to recover from. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so we were in there, they were telling me like, Hey, once you get to the trauma bay, which is where I was going of this bigger hospital, there's going to be a million people around you. They're going to be asking you a tons of questions and doing all sorts of things, trying to like check you out to make sure you're not dying. I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Um, and then right, like kind of as we were pulling in, um, I was like, what can I say that I'll throw them off? And the dude, the dude was like, well, if you act clueless, they're going to give you more scans. And I was like, oh, so we're using scans as uh, punishments now. And he was like, yeah, kind of basically they don't really like tolerating nonsense. Um, cause they know that like you were conscious the whole time and you had a really good memory. And so I was like, all right, what if I just say, like, I think I'm high as a kite right now. I don't even know any of these questions. And the dude was like, well, they know the last time I gave you fentanyl. So I can't really use that. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll just try to come up with something. And he was like, yeah, just be careful because you don't want a ton of extra scans. And I was like, yeah, because to do the CT scans, they had to I had an IV in me, but they had to, like, pump me full of this loopy stuff that made, like, my whole body warm. And, like, you could feel it. I could feel it, like traveling through my veins. Mm. It was like the marker making sure I didn't have any like internal bleeding. Um, So if I had any internal bleeding, it would like light up a different color in my body. But it was it was weird. Apparently, some people like feel like they need to pee really, really bad and they taste metal. Um, When I first did it, though, I just tasted like the smell of weed in my mouth. It's really bad. Um, So I got there. They were braiding me with a ton of questions, but I was kind of like I was kind of like just fighting back in terms of like just sarcastic and like trying to trying to just keep it lighthearted and um i was i was basically every time they took my blood which was like five times in two minutes 
was like, can I get, can I get my testosterone checked? How many points? And they're like, what, wait, why you're, you're a healthy teenager. You shouldn't really have anything to worry about. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not worried. Okay. I don't, I don't do anything that I would need to be worried about. Um, I just want to have my testosterone checked. And they're like, well, you need a medical reason to get your testosterone checked. And I was like, well, what's a medical reason? And the dude who was helping me, his name was Liam. He was like, you would have to admit to some pretty embarrassing stuff to get your testosterone checked. And I was like, name some. Like, let's see if there's anything that I can live with. And so he was like, okay, well, so there's. And then he walked away. Um, and so every single time someone came in and like, he was like, okay, your blood works really good. I was like, what's my testosterone? They'd be like, we don't have that here. I was like, can we get it? And he, and they're like, um, you're going to have to do some pretty big convincing. And I was like, who do I need to convince? Bring him down here. I want to say hi. Uh, and one of the ladies who was like really like low down on this guy, she was like, I can bring it up to the next person, but that's all I can do. And I was like, if you could do that for me, I'd be really appreciative. And she was like, what are you like so worried about? And I was like, no, 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 I'm not worried. I'm not worried about my testosterone. I think it's super high. I think it's higher than my two older brothers. And I just need to know. I just need to know that like it's a million and a half points. Well, the thing though is, even if we did know yours, you still wouldn't know me and mine. Yeah, but we would be able to basically be like, so like mine's what's like average testosterone points. What's it should be. average? Average is really male. Like it's gonna be like four hundred testosterone. Ours should be over like. Like average male is three hundred to a thousand. Yeah. And ours, so ours should be over around anywhere between six hundred and a thousand. Yeah. So like once they learn that once y'all all learn that mine's two thousand, then you'll it be like be two thousand. It totally would be two thousand. No. It would probably the highest you probably get is like twelve hundred. No. Twelve hundred because twelve hundred is stupid high. Two thousand. Twelve hundred stupid high. So once we learn that two thousand. Um, but so I never actually in the whole two days that I was in the freaking ER, no one was ever able to give me my testosterone results and my blood was taken a million and a half times. It was horrible. I hate needles. Um, and they just loved my veins so much. They were like, okay, so you have two IVs in, but we're going to stick you right up here because that vein looks really juicy right now. Um, so I, I, IV in each arm, they could have taken blood from there, but they're like, we just want to, we just want to taste a bunch of freaking vampires. Um, phlebotomists, man. Yeah. Freaking phlebotomists. <laughs> it was freaking phlebotomists. I just got in for your blood. Um, so we had to ask about six different people, um, to actually look at my shoulder x-rays because, Everyone was saying my collarbone was just bruised and they were rolling me on to the side of my collarbone. One lady, when I first got into the trauma bay, she was like, okay, we're going to roll you onto your side. Ooh, side of the collarbone. I'm like, ah, and she was like, all right, I know it hurts, but we, we just got to check your butt real quick. And so my thought, like that was the only time where I was like, y'all are so stupid because VCU, the one we went to, they knew everything that I was diagnosed with, which was a bruised collarbone on the left side. They knew that that was uncomfortable. They still rolled me over onto my left side oh, why can't we do it on the right? to make sure my butt wasn't broken, to make sure I had a healthy posterior. 
If you think about it too, in a because car that wreck, is just so important. Last, but if you think about it, like in a car wreck, the last thing that would probably ever get injured is your butt. Well, my thing is like priorities, people. Okay, let's prioritize my collarbone not being in pain over my posterior possibly having a whatever they were checking for. Like, I just didn't understand it. So I was a little salty. Um, but then um, I watched a video, a comedian talking about like drugs. And he was like, if you want morphine, you say you're level eight. And so I was like, okay, this fentanyl isn't really doing it for me. Because basically all the fentanyl was doing was it wasn't killing the pain at all. It was making me like take my head off it. So anytime I move, shift weight, breathed looked at anything um i would still feel pain so i was like i don't think this is gonna work but i'm gonna try it you know let's see if the comedians um off his off his rails so i start saying level eight and pain and that was opposed to level five before um but it was actually growing like by the end of the visit level eight was not a exaggeration at all um i was just not doing nine or ten because nine is supposed to be um femur breaking and 10 is supposed to be pregnancy or what or birth so you couldn't pass you, exactly like, like you're not 10. yeah exactly you're not 10 and i don't know what i would have gotten if i was a 10 i probably would have been like here's a here's uh, a glass pipe and here's some pot have two, fun no, two doses of morphine yeah um that Which, i don't know if you know that two doses kill you yeah that would have been a little while but so after about the third time asking, saying like level eight pain, he was like, okay, so this stuff, it's like morphine, but a little stronger. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, so like I'm on my bed in a neck brace and I'm not supposed to move my neck at all. And once he says that I turned him on in my neck brace and then like, what's the base, you know, um, you know, in um, I think it's like the Christmas story or something when, yeah, yeah, the Christmas story when um, Ralphie like just said the f bomb and he's getting his mouth washed out, and he's like, his mom is hugging. Or no, 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 he just shot the thing and he just shot his oh, yeah, thing he and he almost shot his eye out, right? And he's like crying and then he like looks over at the camera and and like smiles and, and that's basically what I was. I was like, oh, like wow, probably level eight. He was like, all right, so this stuff's kind of like morphine, so I like tilted over. And I was like. <laughs> to mom and she like started crapping up uh, cracking up and i was like huh, okay i guess that'll work but he was like it's like basically extra strength and so i was like okay cool whatever so i was in the neck brace um and just laying like looking up at the ceiling and it felt like it was like 45 long minutes you know like when you're just sitting still minutes kind of go longer so the next day I was like, mom, how long was I in the neck brace? And she was like, Ugh, three to four hours. And I was like, what? I felt like I was in it for 35 minutes and, and for 45 minutes. And mom was like, well, you did just get on morphine then too. So kids don't do drugs unless you're, you're going to be an addict. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, you're like, you're like in the hospital, like trying to figure out how to get the doctors to give you morphine. If, if, okay, well, here's the thing. If I can get it legally, right. I'm actually really happy I started at five because I was able to like work my way up. Oh yeah, you know? you're like, oh yeah, let's try fentanyl first. Yeah, let's let's, let's, let's see if we can get some fentanyl in here. We'll get some morphine later. Um, maybe some crack cocaine at the end. I don't know. I never got crack cocaine. Um, I don't think well, you wouldn't. That's a that's stimulant because that yeah. yeah, that's not what cocaine does. But um, 
Yeah. Well, if anything, you you have. Here's the thing. I was getting when you crash with the adrenaline because it's. So I was crazy. getting two milligrams every three hours in the hospital of this like extra strength morphine. Um, but now that I'm home, they're giving me like one milligram every four hours. Oh, but it's still like the morphine. Yeah, but it's one milligram every four hours. Wow. So I am nowhere as near as, like nowhere near as not in pain as I was in the hospital. In the hospital, I was like, time was going by really fast. Now I have a better like handle on time and okay. I'm slightly more sober. So you didn't tell us much about your lung. You said they're bruised. It's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also... So once um, I got to VCU and they started like doing other stuff and they had better people, I guess, reading it, I got new, a pneumothorax on each lung, which means... Both of them were, um, both of them were collapsed at the top. They weren't completely collapsed, okay. but at, at the top, like they were both collapse. They were both collapsing basically. Mm-hmm. So they put me on oxygen and they said, you're going to be on oxygen for four to six hours until we can get you an x-ray to see. Cause apparently the oxygen will just kind of help them like reinflate and like, yeah. Do big long things again. Well, I mean, even just a higher percentage of oxygen is going to help your body heal quicker. Exactly. So, um, they said four to six hours. I hated being on the oxygen. I had a nasal cannula, which was two, probably two centimeter long pipes sticking up my nose, having a steady flow of six PSI pounds per square inch of oxygen going into my nose, um, at all times. And it was really uncomfortable and so I was just asking, like, when when can we be done? When's this X-ray coming? I got the oxygen. I like kind of took a picture because I was like, oh, I look like a retard. I look like a. Um, but I got the oxygen at ten o'clock a.m. on Friday, um, and then at about one o'clock they told us that I have an X-ray scheduled till twelve o'clock, and I was like, oh, cool. That means I can take out the oxygen, right? Because I've had it in for four hours. And I'm not getting an x-ray till 12 o'clock. And they're like, no, actually, you're going to wear the oxygen until you get the x-ray and until you get the results back. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so it's 12 o'clock. The x-ray still doesn't come. The, it being scheduled for 12 o'clock means it starts at the ICU and then works its way towards us. So they were like, actually... Um, X-ray is going to be there around eight o'clock. Um, so eight o'clock is here now. And eight o'clock being AM, right? AM. So yep. Eight o'clock it was AM. Scheduled for midnight. Yep. And then it changed its schedule to eight AM. Yep. Eight AM is when it would be like on our floor. It wasn't on our floor on eight AM. I think it got there around like ten. Um, today. Yeah. Ten. Ten AM today, which is Saturday, um, July eighth, twenty twenty three. So. Um, I was on oxygen for 22 hours and it was some of the worst 22 hours of my life, but it's all right. Cause I was, so I looked up pneumothorax and this is what I, this is my understanding of it. Tell me if I'm wrong. So all right. I looked it up too. And I had doctors explain it to me. So. My understanding of it is air is going into like your chest cavity, but not your lungs. And so that space where the air is taking up is pushing against your lungs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. That's it. Um, yeah, so having oxygen kind of helps your lung just push that air back out, um, which is 
really cool, I guess. But yeah, so the final injuries, the final damage was um, we finally got someone to look at the collarbone. There was this one nurse who was like really on top of things. And we we're like, can we please have someone look at the collarbone again? Because it's not just bruised. She's like, yeah, I actually can look at it right now. I'm not supposed to tell you, but whatever. And so she looks at like the first report and it says broken. So she's like, oh, yeah, your collarbone's fractured. My sternum is fractured. Um, and then right now it's um, I'm, I get short of breath easy and it's hard to take deep, deep breaths because I had a pneumothorax on both my lungs. I have a sprained wrist, which is really the least of my concerns. And then I think that's it. Um, so that was all the damages. I was in the ER for about two days on oxygen for 22 hours. You were only at the ER for like a couple hours and then got moved to VCU, which was a trauma center. Hospital. I was at a hospital for about two days. Um, and yeah, so one minute left in the podcast this episode. Robert, any thoughts, questions, or concerns? Well, not enough to warrant. Not in a minute, so maybe we'll do a second on just my questions and stuff. Okay. Maybe later. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad you're okay. Because I was, like, thinking, like, if it was my car, I, you know, like, you would have been dead. Yeah. That that V8, that old, big old Dodge V8 saved And that life. little truck body, yeah. My whole frame is bent. Like, the, yeah. the bed of my truck is bent up slightly, and it's visible. Yeah. And I can, like fit inside the dent where the tree was it's big so five seconds left y'all have a good day please don't speed and don't be on oxygen